Hello, everyone, and welcome to On Wednesdays We Watch One Tree Hill, the podcast where a bunch of nostalgic millennials sit around and talk about a TV show from the early 2000s that they either grew up with or have never seen before in their entire lives. As always, I am one of your co-hosts, Brody, and with me, as always, is Jesse. Hello. And Caitlin. Hi. And today we are talking about season six, episode 15 of One Tree Hill, titled We Change, We Wait, um, which, fun fact, is a song by. I didn't look that part up. Hang on. Uh oh. What? <laughs> the Main. A song by The Main. Oh, Great. I know them. I know, you that know them. Band? Good job. Yay. We know them. Close personal friends. Coolio. <laughs> Great. Cool. Oh, my goodness. Okay. All right, so we open on uh, a Charleston Chiefs game. It is a close game. They're trailing, but they are on their last play. Great. Uh, Devon taunts Nathan again as Nathan is on the bench. And, um, you know, Bobby gives the play and Devon gets the ball and tries to shoot a three-pointer instead of, you know, throwing it to the open man inside who could win the game for them. And he basically airballs and loses them the game for the team. Dumbass. It's a Great. basketball also, show again. It is. It's a basketball show again. <laughs> we have also, basketball again. Some fun, some fun little uh, um, North Carolina trivia for you. The Charleston Chiefs game at the Crown Coliseum, which is located in Fayetteville, North Carolina. <laughs> yep, there we go. Because I saw, I saw Crown Coliseum on the floor, and I was like, "That's not in Charleston." <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is Charleston has its own arena. Yeah. It's called the North Charleston Coliseum. I've been yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Is it closer to filming, though, where they did it? Oh, absolutely. Okay, yeah. Yeah, then, Fayetteville I mean, is like yeah. an hour and a half from Wellington, okay. if yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, like, that's... I, I know why. It was just funny. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea where any of those are. You just said words and things. I know, so... I, just, I, I, know I just said words, but people that are familiar with North Carolina geography... Yes, we'll, we'll get think it. think that that's funny. Hilarious. Yes. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Five stars. Um, OK, then in the locker room, uh, Devon is still boasting about how well he played. And Nathan just, you know, asks him, do you realize they lost the game? And he says, no, no, no. I won because I, I scored 33 points and the NBA only scouts for big numbers. Unlike players like you who sit on the bench, Nathan gets up to get in Devon's face. But Bobby then comes in and says, is there a problem? Devon just tells Bobby there's no problem. He's just reminding Nathan whose team this is. And he laughs and boasts even more. I hate him. I don't care for him. And nope. it's, it's one of those things where it's like knowing that we could have had Q yeah. just upsets me. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's like we don't need another Q. Just no. keep Q. Yeah. Right. We've already yep. worked through all of we, these. We've already done issues. this. Yeah. yeah. Like now we gotta redeem another asshole around here. Come on now. Yeah. We've been and here, done that a lot in this show. This is the third time. So uh -huh. much. Mm -hmm. yep. I wanna include Damian West from that team in season three or whatever mm -hmm. season it was. Four. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no. Yep. Yep. We, yeah. we get it. Cocky yeah. boy is cocky at basketball, and therefore he will learn a lesson. Exactly. Well, we, we've had, so if you count season five as part of this arc, mm -hmm. this is the second basket, cocky basketball boy, and third, and Julian was a cocky movie boy. So this is the third, yeah. Mm -hmm. Q, yeah, this show just Devon. likes to redeem assholes. It's fine. <sighs> Get a it's new fine. plot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> 
so could be the, Q back. It's that's that's really what this is about. Is yes. Just yeah. We just, I would we like just want Q back. I yeah. would like to have Quentin Fields back, please. And mm -hmm. thank agreed. You. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Then we go to Lucas, who uh, Peyton comes into the kitchen and gives him a hard time for manually washing the dishes because she's like, we got a dishwasher. And he's like, yeah, I know. But it helps me think as we find out that um, Julian's father, Paul, has sent not only uh, he sent six directors to Julian and Lucas for the movie. And so far, they are unhappy with all of them. So Paul is coming into town now to basically say, you got to figure this out. So yeah. Lucas is nervous. Then we go to Nathan, who comes out to see Haley and a very, very fired up Jamie Scott um, at the fact that He's those so salty. he is the saltiest little boy. He's like, you didn't lose daddy. Those losers did. <laughs> He's like, calm the fuck down, kid. Seriously. Like... Nathan just reminds him that he is part of the team and, you know, that it is a team effort and he needs to remember that. Um, so Jamie kind of goes and runs off and Haley asks him if he's, if he's okay. And he just kind of looks at her and says, I am now. Aww. Just love swooniest of swoony Aww. boys. It's fine. Uh, yep. Then, uh, speaking of swoony, then we cut to Brooke and Julian who are making out on the couch. And she's as she's <laughs> straddling him and kissing his face, she says she's worried about telling Peyton about them. And Julian instead suggests, you know, well, maybe they should continue this conversation in her bedroom um, without their clothes. <laughs> and a, Brooke... a theme for their relationship in this episode. <laughs> yes, yes, mm -hmm. yes. Um, and Brooke reminds him of her no boys in the bedroom rule that she has for Sam. And she says she has to set a good example and she should not break that rule, even though Julian insists that she should. Because, you know, Sam broke it once so she can break it once. <laughs> he said Sam broke it five times and she goes, it was once. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. <laughs> and yep. even then, when the boy was in Sam's bedroom, he just slept. Uh -huh. yep. Because yep. he's 15 and uh -huh. so is she. <laughs> yep, yep. Yep. Um, just then, though, as Brooke is still on top of Julian, Sam comes in and is mortified. And it's is hilarious. Is this the same night? What? Or is she just wearing a very similar dress? Same mm. night as what? As when they had their, their lady business meeting. Oh, no, this is a different night. This is, this okay, is, yeah. day, this is days, so days have gone by. Is very similar to what yeah. she was wearing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, because okay. what it seems like is this is they, they've been doing this for a while now. Yeah. They, 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 they've okay. been smoochy smooching on the couch for a while. That's what I thought. And I was just like, is Brooke Davis an outfit repeater? Because that doesn't seem like her. I think, I think it's her like cartoon character wardrobe, right? It's mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and if this is the first time Sam has caught them making out on that couch, like good on them. Uh -huh. Like, uh -huh. yeah, seriously. Yeah. That's discretion. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. But then Sam comes in and she's she just gives Brooke a hard time about fooling around on the couch. And Julian says, you know, that they should repeal the no boys in the bedroom rule. And Sam agrees with Julian on that. Um, and she also says that she'll be wearing her headphones tonight just in case <laughs> she goes into her room. Brooke is extremely embarrassed and gets up, goes to her bedroom and slams the door. And Julian, just as she's storming, he says, should I be following you? And the door slam is the answer. And he just says, okay, I'll see myself out. Thanks. <laughs> the, the should I be following you had me rolling. So it's, so like, good. it's so funny. Oh, God. I already love them together. God, it's fine. It's fine. There, there are multiple times in this episode where I'm like, 
do I like this character that I thought I've previously hated? Uh, and yeah, that's mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's an uncomfortable Correct. place for me. Yep, yep. <laughs> no, you, you know, it also is uncomfortable. The next scene with the sixth movie director to come in <laughs> as they're in a junkyard. And he, ins- he insists that they're going to shoot the movie there where Lucas's house is going to be a rundown trailer in the junkyard. And we find out Keith is going to die by a drive-by shooting from Lucas's rival gang. Flawless. Lucas just says, I'm done, and walks away. Can I watch that TV show? <laughs> he explicitly referenced 8 Mile. He yep. did. Yep. He's like, I want to make 8 Mile. Great. Cool. Uh... Already been done, dude, but okay. <laughs> Yep. Another fruity blonde lead. <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. Then we get a wild Dan sighting, everybody. Woo! Dan's back. Dan's back. Um, Dan is at the doctor's and he asks him about, you know, what's his chances of getting another new heart? And the doctor says his chances are slim, just like before. And he gives him a new pager and he tells him, you know, this time when it comes off, would you, you know, answer the page? And he says, yeah, I'll try not to get kidnapped by a crazy bitch next time. And they threw in, you know, the the PTSD flashback just for it, good measure. It's yep, true. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They really just did. in case you forgot what happened last time with his yep. page. with his pager. Just in case yep. you forgot why he missed the call. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Then we go back to uh, Nathan, and uh, he actually goes into Bobby's office as Bobby is looking at game footage. And um, Nathan comments on Devon and also asks about playing time and says the only reason they're having this conversation is because they're losing. And Devon isn't playing, you know, with the team. And Bobby says, well, you're behind my best player. I can't just take my best player out. But Bobby does give him a book of new offense strategies to look over. And Nathan's like, I will absolutely take those. Thank you very much. Yeah. Bobby also does the coach thing to do, Uh which is remind Nathan that Nathan didn't want a coach. Uh (laughs) Yeah. He's like, you're sounding like a coach, but let's not forget. You didn't want that. You didn't want that job. So take your playbook and go uh-huh. learn some stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> go pay yes. your dues. You're yes. lucky you're here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. seriously. Yeah. And, and it's it says a lot about Nathan that he that he sat there and took that. Uh-huh. Like yeah. I know absolutely like Nathan Scott is unproblematic king king these days, but like it's Na- season two Nathan Scott would uh-huh. have never. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean He's he's unproblematic king, and but we know where he's come from, right? Did is this the conversation where he brings up like he understands how players like Devon think? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, he's like, I have. Experience. I think he says it to Devon when he later in the episode. Okay. Does he? Okay. Yeah. 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 No, he just brings up like essentially alluding to the fact that he used to be he used a to be player like, like and he spent yeah. you know however many months working with Q, who mm-hmm. is Devon Junior. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so then we go to uh, Lucas and Julian and Julian's hat. <laughs> A very important secondary character. Yes. Julian's <laughs> new hat. It's I awful. hope Julian's hat and Haley's poncho live a very happy life together. Oh, I, God. They, they have a domestic partnership. They are yep. <laughs> not God. married because that's for squares. They mm-hmm. are... <laughs> I want to know why it was so big. That hat was so voluminous. It was comically large. Was so bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Comically um, large. Yes, but they are there to meet with Paul. You know, like a Mario brother. It really did. 
All he needed was some overalls. I can't. Oh, God. Yes, but the three of them, and yes, the hat is is included with that, um, is there to meet Julian's father, Paul. um, And um, Paul gets there and basically tells them that any of the six directors he sent them are all great, and they can all do the movie. So they just need to pick one. Or Paul's going to take Julian's stupid hat, put all the directors in there, and pick one himself. I... I have a theory. Okay. I feel like Paul is trying to sabotage this movie. Uh, because, and I'm not okay with it. Mm. That's I all. think it's a solid theory. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're correct or not, because I don't remember. But exactly. I just, I just feel like all these directors are garbage. And mm-hmm. Paul has allegedly worked in the industry long enough to know that they are not the right directors. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it just feels... He just really doesn't want Julian to succeed, which is yeah. sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like sad. it's the opposite of the Dan Scott effect, where it's like he hates his son and also doesn't want his son to succeed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or like, yeah. or rather, not hates his son, but he bullies his son yeah. and yeah. also doesn't want his son to succeed. Whereas Dan bullied his son, but he wanted his son to be the best. Mm-hmm. But it was out of a place of love. Uh-huh. <laughs> Big air quotations. Yeah. Scare yep. quotes. Yeah. Yep. So then uh, we go back to Nathan who uh, is at home and walks in on Haley playing the piano and says he wonders how she got how he got such a talented wife. And she says he just got lucky. And he says, no, getting lucky was how I got Jamie. <laughs> I thought of you, Jesse, when he said that, because <laughs> your favorite thing in the entire world is Haley and Nathan's sex life. <laughs> It, mm-hmm. it is. It, it is my <laughs> hyper fixation. Uh, so. It is yep. her Roman Empire. It, it, it is really my Roman is. Empire. Really uh, is. As yes. well as why they keep casting legitimately hot men as Seymour Curlborn on Broadway. And uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. And uh, Alien Nathan's sex life. Shout Those are the D- only two things I think about on a daily basis. Yes. yes. Shout out to Darren Chris, who is currently Seymour on off Broadway on Little Shop yeah. of Horrors. Yep. Yes. Yep. Um, but yes, so they're having a conversation and he tells her um, that he probably isn't going to be playing much for the next couple of games and she and Jamie probably should just skip the next few games. And she's like, no, no, no. Jamie is would not want to miss any games because you are his hero. And he's like, but I don't want to let him down because I'm just playing on the bench. She says, well, it might be a good thing for him to see you on the bench supporting the team. Um, and she says, and don't forget that the three of us are a team as well and we're not going to let you down. No. Cute. Cute. Yes. Very cute. Very, Ugh. very cute. From a former basketball bench warmer, it's an important part of the team. So wear it proud. I was the bench warmer on an undefeated team in sixth grade. Uh, I did my part by not <laughs> playing and letting them win despite <laughs> my, my participation. By not <laughs> I love that. Any sport ever. <laughs> yep. Same. Exactly. Yep. Then we go back to Julian, who comes into Brooke's store and she shows him the new Letterman jackets that she's made for the movie. Um, And they have a little flirty banter about them. And, you know, she says, "Um, I'm sure you had, you know, a Letterman jacket and all the girls loved it. And he's like, no, because I never played sports in high school. I never had one. And so Brooke gives. He was a nerd. It's fine. I had a Letterman jacket. So did I. I I think I did. I got a letter for chorus. <laughs> yep. They give those out to anybody. You ain't special jocks. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Um, so she gives him the, le- the jacket and um, as he leaves. Oh, wow. 
for those who cannot see, which is everybody, Jesse who still has her Letterman jacket and she's showing it off proudly for us. This is actually very impressive that you still have it. Uh-huh. This bitch survived a house fire. Nice. Uh, so, yeah. It's... I mean, I I had one and it was all my band and choir stuff, but I put all of like my contest medals on there. Yeah. And so I jingle jangled just as much as all those track people jingle do who get all those medals. Oh, yeah. That was the whole thing is you had to make sure you jingle jangled. Yeah. I jingle jangled. I, I lettered in speech all four years. Mm-hmm. I lettered in theater. I lettered yeah. in uh, FCCLA. I was. Uh, yeah. So nerdiest. I want to know just what crappy high school Julian went to where they didn't letter in the non sports things because. Everyone got a Letterman jacket when I was in school. Well, we did establish that if he'd gone to Tree Hill High, we think he would have been in the AV club with mouth. Oh, absolutely. They definitely don't give out letters to the AV club. Yeah, that's true. I know. (laughs) Which is is honestly disappointing. They deserve one. Those cameras can be heavy. It's fine. Okay. Anyway, um, (laughs) so moving swiftly along. Uh, Julian gets his letterman jacket and as he leaves Peyton is coming in um, and uh, he goes away she comes in and she immediately asks Brooke if uh, she and Julian are having sex and Brooke immediately <laughs> no, denies she it. she insists that they are having sex. Yes. She's like yes. don't fucking lie to me Brooke Davis yep. I know what your <laughs> I just had sex face looks like yeah. I've been uh-huh, seeing it uh-huh. since we were 16 years old <laughs> yes. Like, yes but Brooke does deny it as she says you know Peyton would hate her for having sex with Julian and Peyton says that she wouldn't hate her, but just to be careful, because she reminds her that when she and Julian broke up, um, he immediately jumped into bed with a, another girl, an actress at Sundance immediately. And she says, you know, so after the movie's done, he could just go off with someone else. So just be careful, Brooke. Yeah. Great, 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 great. <laughs> Brooke immediately has trauma. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Then we go to Haley, who hears a knock and uh, goes downstairs to find Lucas at the bottom of the stairs proposing to her as a joke. <laughs> and she's, he's like, what do you think about that? She's like, I think it's creepy. He's she's, like, yep. She's like, gross. Please uh-huh. don't do that. <laughs> yep, yep. Which, honestly, I still love so much about the relationship that we have a television show where there is a boy and a girl who are best friends and it is completely platonic and there are no, and they think that, it's gross. It's a boy and a girl that are best friends and they're both heterosexual. Uh-huh. Yes. It's yep. not just that there's a boy and a girl and they're besties. It's that mm-hmm. neither the male or female prefers their own gender. Yep. Yeah. And there's yeah. never been a will they, won't they with them. Never. Despite what never, I thought. Never. Uh, <laughs> despite what yeah. Jesse thought she wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Jesse initially thought in the beginning, yes, that was going to be a thing. And it, it, it's not. Thank God. I've smartened up. It's fine. Yep. Yep. Um, but yes. So he shows Haley the ring that he was proposing to her with. And it is a brand new ring that he just bought for Peyton. And um, Haley says, yes, it's a giant ass diamond. She's going to love it. But she always thought that he would give her Keith's ring. Um, But Lucas says, you know, but I gave that to Lindsay. So I'm not sure if Peyton wants it anymore. But, you know, Haley does say, well, Lindsay did give it back to you. So, you know, hey, dude. Maybe you should ask Peyton. Mm -hmm. Ask Peyton. Use your words, Lucas. Use your words, Scott boy. (laughs) No, that's too easy. Yeah. Um, then we go back to Peyton uses her words. That's very true. Eventually. (laughs) Eventually. Yes. Uh, then we go back to Julian who comes back to Brooke's store with his letterman jacket on to a slightly more colder Brooke. Um, and she asks, you know, well, okay, fine. It's a little frigid in there. It's fine. Um, 
it's almost the Arctic. It's fine. It's a good thing he's got a jacket on. Um, but she then asks him where things are going with them. And Julian just says, uh, we're having fun. And Brooks' response is, that's great. But, you know, I'm kind of in a different place right now. And with Sam, I have to be more careful and blah, 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 blah. And says that he's going to leave after the movie anyways. And Julian immediately realizes what's going on and says, well, maybe they should slow down. And Brooke says, and by slow down, you mean slam on the brakes. And he says, well, you pretty much put the slam on the brakes uh, before I even came into the store here. It's true. Mm-hmm. Where's the lie? Mm-hmm. There's no lie. My favorite thing about Julian is he does not suffer Brooke's bullshit. No, no. He calls <laughs> it, her right out, which it's is like, amazing. It's the opposite of the Owen effect where Owen is like, yeah, I'll spend a month buying you presents. Whereas Julian's like, no, 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 bitch. <laughs> no, yeah. no, don't even trip. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> but he does say he, he leaves before saying um, that they can be whatever she wants them to be. And he leaves. Great. 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 Then I will say we get a really cute scene. I thought it was adorable of Jamie with grandpa, Dan have an ice cream and they talk about Dan's beeper <laughs> And Nathan not playing. Um, and it's just, it's it's very, very cute. Because Jamie just keeps grabbing the beeper says, I think I hear something, Grandpa. And he's like, not yet, buddy. Ugh. It's so cute. I Ben and I spent a majority of this episode going, is Dan? I don't know. And Ben just going, I don't trust him. I don't trust him. And I'm like, <laughs> That's but, valid. And I'm like, but he loves Jamie so much. And he's like, uh-huh. I don't trust him. And it, that was all of the conversation. Yeah. I think Jamie is the one person that Dan would never actually hurt. Right. Intentionally or unintentionally. Yeah. So. I yeah. also don't think, I will say though, I also don't think he would hurt Nathan or Haley. No. Because he knows In- that intentionally. Jamie. Yeah. 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 Yep. yep. Then um, we go to, okay, then we go to Mia and Chase, who can't keep their faces off each other because they just keep <laughs> smooching. Valid. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Mia says she wants to play him a song, but she doesn't want to stop kissing him. So she keeps kissing him some more until she is able to finally pull herself away and um, explains to him that she's very nervous because she's never played this song in front of people before and um, tells him that their last conversation they had on their date kind of inspired the song. So if he hates it, just lie to her and say that it's great. And he's like, I'm sure I'm going to love it. And she ends up playing the song and it's a great song. It's a great song. Yeah, it was I love that song. Yeah, it's the fir- it was the first single off the new album, so that's why it was there. Like, yeah, it's, I assume. It's, yeah, it's promo for the for the song, and it's a great song. It's called Manhattan from the Sky, and it's great. Um, Chase, had, Chase had a little bit of an as you wish moment, uh, where he's like, "I'd be a good liar for you," and mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh, Chase, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay." <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Then, um, as the song is playing, we see Lucas and Peyton um, driving until Lucas stops the car. And Peyton's like, why have we stopped? And he's like, look where we are. And we see that they are in front of the lake where Peyton's car broke down back in the first season. Aww. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, they, they reminisce about it and even say the lines again about, first, th- first of all, you don't know me. Second of all, you don't know me. And Lucas surprises her with the ring and he reproposes to her. And Peyton is just overwhelmed and um, says that she's so glad that he always knew her, even though she said he didn't. Mm-hmm. <sighs> mm-hmm. Lucas, 
babies are notoriously expensive things and you spent all of your movie advance on on that rock gaudy mm-hmm. ass ring no thank you sir cuz that diamond is massive it's so it's I, big... i'm not a diamond girly i do not like diamonds i never have i think this ring is so ugly <laughs> but cuz it is uh, one massive diamond like damn lucas uh-huh <laughs> That, yep. that is why I prefaced my statement, because yep. I know I am in the minority. But, but yeah. goddamn, she uh-huh. is incubating your spawn right now. Save some of it, man. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Lucas isn't good about thinking things through. It's fine. No. Yeah. It got pregnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. Myself out. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, moving right along, we go to Nathan, who is uh, practicing at the River Court, and Dan comes by and tells him some advice about how losing forces change in a team and that Nathan's time is going to come sooner than he thinks. And Dan assures him that he's going to be playing, and they both know that. And he just asks him if he'll be ready for it. And Dan then shows him the, the new beeper, And says whether or not he gets a second chance is up to that beeper. And if he does, he's going to make the most of it. And right now, all that they both can do is just wait. Yep. Almost sound advice from Dan Scott. Like, what's going on? What's going on? Dan is kind of like the ghost of basketball uh, past Mm -hmm. in this. Like, yeah. Yep. It's. Yeah. yeah. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. Yep. Conflicted. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Then we go to Peyton, who comes into Red Bedroom Records to find someone in there. And it turns out it is Paul, Julian's dad. And she's very excited to see him. Um, Apparently, they had a very good relationship when she was dating Julian. Um, And she shows him her new engagement ring. And he comments to her that, you know, Julian's done a lot of stupid things, but letting her get away is the worst mistake he's ever made. And Peyton says, oh, Julian was just fine after me. And Paul tells her, oh, no, 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 that's really not the case, because, you know, he ended up he tells her that he planted the story about Julian and the actress because he had a movie to promote. And Julian didn't even go to Sundance and missed his film premiere. I don't like Paul. (laughs) Yeah, hot hot take. I mean, it goes with the trend of horrible. I don't. Yeah, no, it goes with the trend of horrible parents, except for Karen, Luke, or Karen, uh, Nathan, and Haley. Yeah, yeah, and Keith. And Deb. And Deb. Yeah, Deb that's came true. around. She yeah, Deb came around. She's on drugs, but took her a couple of seasons, but she got around there. It's fine. Took her burning a dealership down, getting addicted to drugs, and you know, almost killing a man again. It's fine. But she got there in the end. It's fine. Uh, she Deb's did what journey. she had to do. Yep. Yep. Then, Deb's journey on paper. Let her when cook. You list she did what she out. had to do. Right. Yeah. Deb's journey on paper is a whole thing. Like. Goddamn. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. God. Um, then we go back to Julian and Lucas, who are discussing who the new director is going to be. And we even get to hear about the British one who made an incest movie about with sock puppets. What the hell? I just want to know, like, who in the writer's room was like, this is a funny joke. I don't know. <laughs> Not I funny ha-ha. Yeah. Right. Funny, I'm going to have a breakdown. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Because Julian just wants to see a little sock puppet Lucas. And I'm also yeah. kind of in that camp. It's fine. 
It's the same writer that would go on to write the uh, help write Pitch Perfect with the sock puppet acapella group. Oh, dear God. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. I, I a jump scare. I forgot about that. Sockapella. Yep. Uh, you're welcome, everyone. Oh, God. Um, Pitch Perfect is my father's, my conservative father's favorite movie. Uh, <laughs> yep. He will never admit it, but I, he, it is always on. He watches it so often. Anyway, that that's a different podcast. <laughs> okay. Anyway, moving is... on. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> moving on from that, we go to Nathan, uh, who is uh, looking over the new plays. And Jamie comes in and asks him what he's doing. And Nathan tells him he's, he's doing his homework and he's studying. And Jamie's like, wait, there's homework in basketball? <laughs> horrified. Yeah, he's horrified. He rethinks his entire career. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and... Jamie asks him also if the coach is mean to him. And Nathan's like, no, he's not mean. He's just, you know, looking out for what's best for the team and everything like that. And he then tells Jamie if he wants to help him learn some of the plays. And Jamie's like, abs are friggin' lootly. So it's very adorable. But yes, Jamie's entire face when he's like, there's homework in basketball. Yep. Kids Four world was rock. He was his world was rocked. Like maybe I'll just be a stand-up comedian. Right. <laughs> God. Uh, then, uh, Lucas comes into Brooke's store and asks for a Letterman jacket. And Brooke says, well, he'll have to wait, but she'll make one for him. He says, but Julian didn't have to wait, which Brooke immediately thinks he's talking about sex. And she's like, wait, what did Julian tell you? She is very, very paranoid. Uh Uh-huh. So high strung. Yes. Yes. And Lucas basically says, um, Julian didn't tell me anything because I don't like the guy. So we really only talk about the movie, but what are you talking about, Brooke? (laughs) He just goes, Brooke. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah. That kind of might be my favorite thing about this episode is the conversation between Peyton and Brooke and Brooke and Lucas, because they've known each other for so long that they can just read each other like a book. And it's so good. It's so good. There are good romantic moments in this episode, but the Uh friendship moments between just any which way. Yep. uh, They're all really They're all great. great. Yeah. 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 Um, but yes, uh, Brooke says nothing is going on with him now, especially now. Um, and then she asks him about the director search and Brooke reminds him that he doesn't have to compromise his vision for the movie with a director. Great, Brooke. Is this the best advice, though, when he's getting an ultimatum? Don't know. Anyway, yes, Should we take advice from the woman who gave up her company because of an assumption. Uh huh. Love you, Brooke. Love you so much. But yeah. Mm -hmm. But we don't have to deal with Victoria anymore. Nope. That's true. I mean. Win-win? Yeah. That is a win. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then we go to Peyton, who comes over to see Haley. And as Haley's answering the door, Jamie asks if he can use the phone. And Haley's like, sure, okay, I guess. Yeah, okay. Um, No, no, you can't. (laughs) Five-year-old. But he does. It's fine. Um, But Peyton comes in with Mia's new song on a CD. And um, as she comes in, Haley comments on Peyton's new ring. And um, Peyton admits that she she likes it, but she always envisioned wearing Keith's ring. And Haley immediately says, all right, you can't tell Lucas, but he totally said that he wants to give you the ring as well. But you just need to talk to him. Okay, great. Thanks. Cool. (laughs) Haley can't keep a secret. It's fine. Um, but as that's going on, we see Jamie talking to somebody on the phone about how the basketball games are not just about X's and O's, but it's about heart. And he really thinks he should take that into consideration. 
And we cut to who he's talking to, which is Bobby, Nathan's coach. And he tells Jamie that he's he's going to take that advice. He's going to take that into consideration. Yep. And thanks, Jamie. How did how did we get this phone number? James yes. Lucas Scott, age five. Age five. <laughs> he's a smart kid. I mean, like, yeah. It, yeah. You're smart, but then there's... You know how to use the internet alone? Then there's child written by an adult smart. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Because it's not even like it was Haley's like, like cell phone. No, it's the landline. Yeah. So it's not like he went to her contacts and found ba- basketball Bobby, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Basket, because that's exactly what it would be, is basketball yeah. Bobby. Yeah. The only thing I can say is they probably have some contact phone numbers for the team. And sure. who knows? He probably just called and asked for him because who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would I'm, just also I'm like sure to the think. receptionist was just so enthralled by the fact that a child was like. Can I, I speak like to Coach to Bobby, please? To Bobby. Yeah. Hi, James my Lucas. name's James Lucas Scott, age five. My daddy uh-huh. is literally. Nathan. If you don't uh-huh. know yep. what he said. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. Then we got go to Lucas and Julian, who are sitting on Lucas's front porch, um, talking about directors and how Lucas has made his decision that they're not going to go with any of those directors, but he doesn't know how he's going to talk to Paul about that. Just then, uh, a giant limo comes up. And uh, Reese steps out, and that is the character name of James Vanderbeek. And I'm just going to call him James Vanderbeek because do we yeah. care if his name is Reese? It's no. Dawson. Yeah. Okay. Great. Cool. Cool. Reese or Dawson, either will yeah. do. Yep. 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 Um, and James Vanderbeek comes out of the limo and says that he wants to pitch the movie again, as he heard that they've still not found a director yet. Great. I want to know how many ex-wives he's trying to pay off. That Seriously. He wants to do this movie so badly. Yep. Ex-wives, yep. baby mamas, and hookers that he owes money for? Yep. All yep. of the above. All of the above. Yep. Then we get a very quick, cute scene where Chase shows Mia that he finally learned how to make a Long Island iced tea. It just took him, what, two weeks, a week? Who knows? Um, she's very proud of him, but also says, I'm underage and a minor, so, um, or not a minor, but underage and I can't drink, so it's kind of illegal, but great. Proud of you, baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. She said, thank you for the alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yep. I swear yep. I am an adult. I'm yep. this many. Yep. I'm this many. I'm this many. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Then, uh, then James Vanderbeek is giving his pitch to, um, says he wants to see Lucas's vision through. And Lucas tells him why he's not going to direct the movie because he can't identify the world. And Lucas gives this giant long spiel about Lucas on the river court, Peyton in a song, Brooke in her moods, this whole nice big monologue that I didn't write down. Cause why would I, um, but he basically says that he wants someone who can identify the little things with the characters and make them the big things. And Lucas says he is just not that guy to do that. Great. Cool. Good cool. job, Luke. Yep. He's not the guy for you, Brooke Davis. Yep. Ex- <laughs> oh, God. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. Then Peyton uh, comes back to Brooke's store and tells her that she sucks. Um, as all the stuff she just told her about Julian turns out not true at all. And she tells him that he didn't sleep with that actress at Sundance and that he might actually be the nice guy she always thought he was. And Brooke says that even so, she won't break girl code for it. And Peyton reminds her that she's engaged to her ex. So she's very, very, very exempt from girl code. But also, not only is she engaged to her ex, she is pregnant with her ex's child. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Brooke doesn't have to worry about girl code. No. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> 
God. Uh, then we go back to Nathan, who is at warmups uh, before their next game. And Nathan tries to give Devon uh, some advice about the other team. And Devon just basically, like, are you trying to give me advice? Yeah, go ride the bench. I don't care. Go away. And Listen, the, Devon. And Nathan's like, don't say I didn't try to warn you, dude, but okay. Great, 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 great. Yeah. Yep. Then uh, Lucas meets with Paul and says he doesn't want any of those directors. And Paul says, where Lucas says that they can find someone better. And Paul says, well, that may be the case, but we're out of time. So you know what I have to do. Great. But why are they out of time? I'm guessing because there actually is a time constraint for the film of like, you know, casting and getting all that stuff done. Because, sure. you know, I'm sure there's a time frame with it. So makes sense. But also, yes, it also feels like Paul is trying to sabotage the movie. Yes. yes. It does feel like he's trying to sabotage the movie. It does feel like he, you know, I mean, there are investors in this movie. Lucas mm-hmm. did get a very nice advance. Yes. To write that yes. script. Yes. So there's probably a time constraint on the when they're going to yep. recoup. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That makes sense. Yep. So then uh, we go back to the Charleston Chiefs game, and it is turns out we're having some deja vu here. It is a very close game. It is the last play of the game, and Bobby gives out a play to the to the team where Devon has to give the ball to Rhodes, another player, um, to w- score the game-winning basket. Devon refuses to do so. And so he says, nope, I'm not doing it at all. So Bobby sits his ass down on the bench and subs Nathan in for him and asks Nathan if he knows what he has to do. And Nathan's like, absolutely. And Nathan gets on the court. He executes the play perfectly and Rhodes scores and they win the game. Yep. Yep. Teamwork. 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 Make of the dream work. Yes. 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 Then we cut to James Vanderbeek meeting with Paul. And Paul says he has two minutes to tell him why he should direct the film. James Vanderbeek starts to give his little spiel, and Paul is not that impressed, you can tell. And seeing this, uh, James Vanderbeek then ends up regurgitating Lucas's entire speech to him earlier about making the little things the big things. And we can immediately see that Paul likes it. Paul likes it because he's spent enough time with Lucas to now know that that's what Lucas wants to hear. Uh huh. It's because it, it literally came out of Lucas's mouth. Yep, yep, yep. Good memory retention there, James Hinderbeek. Uh, that, that's great. That's great. All the coke hasn't drilled holes into his head too badly. Nah, like. Not entirely yet. Nope, it's not all Swiss cheese yet. Um, yes. Then after the basketball game, Nathan watches Jamie and Haley playing on the court as Dan comes up to him. And he says he hopes it's okay that he came to see him play because he had a really good feeling about this game. And he tells Nathan that he's proud of him and how he always knew that he'd make it. But Dan also says he knows that he cannot be a part of this and leaves. Well, at least he knows. Yeah. Again, another insightful, nice Dan. What is going on? Yeah. I feel like Paul just got tired of being bullied on the street. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. Well, it's like they've talked about that on um, Drama Queens before. Mm hmm. I think it was on an, the episode that Paul was like on mm-hmm. where Haley, Haley, Joy and Paul were telling a story about how like it was after Keith died mm-hmm. and like a woman like accosted them on the street. Yep. Well, yeah, I, I sent you that uh, that TikTok of him on a, a different podcast mm-hmm. where uh, he's talking about the lady who like switched seats on a plane mm-hmm. because. Yeah. She was. She didn't want to sit next to Dan Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. God. 
Yeah. Uh, then we go to Peyton, who uh, goes to talk to Lucas about her ring and says she can't accept this ring from him, even though it's beautiful, but it is not the ring that she wants to wear. And she tells him how much um, Keith's ring means to both of them, and that's the one that she wants to wear. So Lucas then uh, takes the new ring off, pulls out Keith's ring, and puts it on Peyton. And he says it's right where it belongs, and she says, and it will be forever. These bitches keep saying forever, and it stresses me out. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Jesse. Uh-huh. When people say forever in the show, they fucking die. I'm just mm. going to throw that out there. Okay. Interesting. Uh, and she's in a delicate situation. Interesting. Interesting. I understand. Okay. Stresses me out. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. This next scene did not stress me out at all. Julian knocks on Brooke's door. And says he wants to give her his letterman jacket, as this means that they're going steady. And Brooke tells him that this is not a game to her. And he says, oh, no, it's not. And he tells her um, that when he first got into town, everyone thought that he was there for a girl. He was for he was here for the girl in the book. And he thought to himself, he thought it was for the movie. But he says it turns out that everyone is right. He is here for the girl in the book, but it's the other girl. This is very, this is very sweet. But the first thing in my head was, I'm sure Brooke loves being considered the other girl in the book. <laughs> I mean, she invited him to her bedroom. It's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, she then immediately oh. smooches on his face and says that they should continue this conversation in her bedroom without their clothes. Without their clothes, yes. Uh huh. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Then the final scene is James Vanderbeek knocking on Lucas's door and barging in uh, with a bottle of champagne and tells him that he's he wanted to tell him himself that he's directing the movie. They're going to have a great time. But he has a few thoughts about that last scene, but they can talk about that later. And he leaves. And the episode ends. (laughs) Dear God. Oh, my God. Uh Uh-huh. What can go wrong? What a nightmare. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah. I I just really hope this means that James Vanderbeek is now like a recurring character who's going to be around a lot more. And it kind of makes me happy. I think I don't remember, but there's one of my favorite episodes in this season is like soon Mm -hmm. and I'm excited for it. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the episode kids. What did we think? It was cute. I I liked it. I kicked my feet. It's a very cute episode. It, it is a swoony, swoony, fluffy episode. Stupid grin. <laughs> that stupid grin that all the girls are like, uh huh, uh huh. Yep. Uh-huh. Even yep. Peyton was like, the grin, am I right? And Brooke uh-huh. was like, yep, you uh-huh. are right. <laughs> yep. The grin, the grin. It's fine. Yeah. God. It's, it's just so cute. And it's all so good. Like we said, the, the romance stuff is very, very sweet. And it's all very cute between all of them. Um, but also the friendship stuff is also very, very good. Like, I love when an episode n- not it doesn't beat us over the head with it, but it very much in the undertone reminds us all they have been friends for a very long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's and nice. that's what the core of this show is, is those five friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And James Lucas got age five. Exactly. And, yes. Talking about it's not about the X's and O's, it's about heart, damn it. He he's channeling uh Whitey. Oh he's uh, he's, he's, he's some barrel barreled Corbin was going through him right there. It's Absolutely. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. The spirit yep. of Barreled Corbin, who is not dead. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope. Passed through James Lucas age five. Yes. Yeah. Uh I will say, speaking of Whitey, I don't know why, but my Hulu is stuck. 
on it doesn't matter what episode it is the mm-hmm. preview picture for every episode is whitey Nath- talking nathan and whitey, nathan whitey. Yeah, yeah 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 no that always. is for all of us yep okay. that's all of us i'm glad it's not just me but every yeah. time i see it especially if there's a gap between recording and me uh-huh. watching episodes i'm like is whitey back this episode every time my hopes i get my hopes up yep. and every nope. time it's never what whitey is very retired i understand yeah. I I really do want Bobby to bring the Whitey a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's mm-hmm. just not fulfilling my need for inspirational pep talks at halftime. Nope. Uh, <laughs> I know we just got him, but mm-hmm. he needs to step it up. He's got that. big shoes to fill. I get that. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Any, anybody got anything else about the episode? I thought it was great. No, it was really good. Also, every time I hear... The, the name Bobby, I hear it in Whitney Houston's voice in my head. <laughs> and see, all I think of is Bobby from Supernatural. So, sure. yes, there we go. I just, and Bobby. then my brain goes, damn it, Bobby. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> from King of the Hill. Yes. Yeah. So now you are all welcome from now on. Whenever you hear Bobby, you will think of one of those three, I'm sure. What do you, what do you, how do you hear the name Bobby in your yes. head? Let yes. us know. Yes. <laughs> We would love that interaction, please. Just let us know. Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. God. Okay. Anything else, kids, we want to add before we wrap this up or are we done? I think that's Okay. Great. Cool. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. Give us five stars on the rating. It does help us out with those podcast algorithms. Uh, Follow us on social media. We are everywhere at On Wednesday's Pod. Um, hit us up in the Instagram DMs if you want to chit chat with us. We are more than happy to talk with you about anything One Tree Hill related. And we will see you guys next week for another fun filled episode of On Wednesdays We Watch One Tree Hill. We'll see you guys then. Bye. Bye.